The views and opinions expressed by the guests on this podcast are that of their own. In no way, shape, or form do they reflect the official policy or position of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. You've descended into the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, a commercial diving podcast by working divers for divers. Episode number 10, Chamber Ninjas and Combat Dolphins. An interview with Jeff Powers, the coordinator for the diving program at Chino State Prison. Retired Senior Chief Jeff Powers comes on our show and he talks about his program at Chino State Prison. He also talks about his early days teaching at the College of Oceaneering. And if you love dolphins, Jeff tells us how the U.S. Navy is using dolphins in its military operations. Please make sure you share, like, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, our handle is Bottom Dwellers DS. Facebook, The Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. And also, you can follow me at LB Diver on both. And don't forget to check out our website, TheBottomDwellers.com. So turn up those comms, stand by, we're going to make it hot. All right, welcome to another episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Welcome, welcome, so, welcome. Yeah, we got a full house tonight. We got, uh, we're joined by Jeff Powers in the Dive Shack. Hey, guys. Uh, there you go, Jeff. Now, it looks like a College of Oceaneering reunion in this this place right now, doesn't it? Yeah, the only odd man out is you, guy. All right, so we've also got, uh, we've, we've also got Sean here as well. Uh, yeah, Sean, hey the dive medic. And uh, you guys both talk together, right? No, actually, uh, oh, Jeff, I already screwed up again there. Jeff was my instructor back in '94, and I taught in the, I taught at the school years later, back in 2000, and I don't know, 2010, 11. That's correct, Sean. I know okay. your memory is going, so yeah, I. It's uh, old age, right? <laughs> you were correct. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I'm doing here. Come on, guys. <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> okay, so I have to ask right off the bat, this pipe smoking deal, I feel like I'm not refined enough to speak to you right now. I'm oh, for those that, that are not. More genuine drafts, and you're over here taking puffs on the pipe. Yeah, I'll put it down. Has a pipe. I, I do not want to intimidate. What are you? It's not a crack pipe. It's a refined... It's no, it's a, no, it's a crack pipe. Oh, <laughs> there you go. This is the well, And in that case, let's get my credit card out here somewhere. And <laughs> so I, I take it you're out of the Navy now, then, Jeff. I retired uh, four years ago this month. Yeah. Wow. Oh. What uh, what rank? Uh, you made Master Chief, didn't you? Senior Chief. I got out as a Senior Chief. Yeah. Senior Chief. Excellent. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Yeah, and I mean, thank you. hang around long enough and they, they promote you, you know. <laughs> so you were a, a Navy diver and then you kind of, uh, you, how did you start teaching at the College of Oceaneering? So, uh, yeah, I, I uh, joined the Navy in uh, 88, 89. I went to dive school in 89, 90, something like that. And um, yeah, I did, a, I did a quick stint and my wife got sick. I had to get out. Um, 
And I didn't know anything about the commercial field. I mean, Navy divers, I mean, it's not part of our repertoire. So I heard about this college of engineering and I heard that they, that they place, that they help placement, which um, don't, don't laugh Johnny or, or Sean, but anyway, they're supposed to have helped for placement. And I thought <laughs> that'll be perfect for me because I don't know how to, I don't know anything about the industry. So I'll just place myself. Um, and then I found out that, it, that the, the, the teaching crew was really cool and the, t- and the students were really cool. And I kind of, I kind of found myself there uh, trying how to figure out not to go broke. So, so now you, um, you went there to go to school out of the Navy or you went there to no, I went there to steal jobs from students. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> it was a dick move. And, uh, but I never did it. Well, I mean, I, I did the old, the same thing. I'm sure you get, you cats did. I mean, I, I worked for Muldoon. I did some stuff for Parker, but uh, on the side, I did a lot of stucco and, and uh, tile work as well on the side because college oceanarium wasn't paying their instructors real good, but, um, but it was, it was awesome. I learned a ton from the, from everybody to be truthful. I really, um, it, it, the, the, I really fell in love with the teaching crew, you know, the, um, and I really liked this, the students. I mean, it was, it was like, I was back where I should have been. And then shortly thereafter, I figured out that the reserves would let my wife stay local and have support. And, um, and I could join the Navy reserves, which I was really missing the Navy. And so I jumped back in. Now your, your time with the Navy, what yeah. were Navy divers doing at that time frame? Like, yeah. When you were in, was it like any kind of salvage or was it just all ship husbandry? And yeah, yeah, Johnny, you're on it. It was mainly ship husbandry. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of testing and such. I didn't get really involved with that. Um, That's my, my main bread and butter was ship husbandry. I got into a reserve salvage unit, but there really wasn't a ton of salvage going on. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, you know how that works. Like, stuff has to sink first. Right. So shortly thereafter. Oh, so what was the Navy doing in general? I mean, I'll tell you what they weren't doing. They don't own any oil rigs. So, um, they weren't doing any, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff. So that always cracks me up. But, um, I got into a lot of ship's husbandry and, and submarine husbandry, if you want to call it that. So I guess working for Parker was a little bit up your alley because they were the predominant ship husbandry business and, and Moldean too, you know? Yeah, I didn't do very much. You know what I did mainly for Parker was like teach CPR and stuff. I didn't do a whole lot of stuff for them, although they were excellent guys. Um, But yeah, you're right. They were rocking it when it came to September. During September 11th, I got recalled back to active duty. And this will blow your mind, Johnny. I was was recalled to a a marine mammal anti-personnel unit. So we had dolphins that would attack swimmers. And that doesn't sound like a deep sea diver job. And I was pretty pissed about it when I first got the job, to be honest, um, because I was like you cats. I was like, look, this is not my bread and butter. But I did get I got activated with a bunch of um, my brothers from the Navy. And they were like, what's your problem, dude? You need to be in this unit with us. And I learned a lot again. I learned a lot about that um, crazy dolphin unit. And I had a lot of fun with those guys. Um, So I got activated for gosh. 10 months, I guess, um, patrolling in San Diego. So if you remember, I mean, we were just all hunky-dory Americans, right? And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, 
September 11th happened and we're all looking over our shoulders going, what the heck? Well, that was the same thing in San Diego, right? There's all these ships that were, I'm sure you guys have been all over San Diego and, and there was no like protection for the ships. No. Every, every, you know, Admiral was like, guard this ship with those dolphins. So no, we were busy and, and the dolphins weren't used to being busy, right? We weren't, we didn't have any enemies before that. You know what I mean? So you just send these dolphins out on anybody, huh? Uh, anybody swimming toward our ships, you bet. And mainly, this is really crazy. Uh, they swam against us, right? So the the deal was we had to swim against them, um, or they wouldn't search. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. yeah. So you know, you know how like when you play fetch with a dog and you do the fake dog thing. You know what I mean? Um, that that doesn't. You know, the, the, depending on how smart the dog is, uh, he's going to look at you after a while and go like, "Okay, dummy, I know you didn't throw the ball." Well, same thing with the dolphins. So if you don't, um, if you don't put it, if you say, "Hey, look for the swimmer," and you don't put a swimmer in the water, then uh, he's going to go, "Hey, dummy, there's no swimmers around here." So we have to swim against them as often as we uh, handle them. So um, wow, it was wild. That was crazy. I remember November something right after September 11th. Must have been early November. It was literally hailing. It's like two in the morning and I'm swimming, waiting for a dolphin to attack me. So, <laughs> and it's the crazy part is like, what's a deep sea diver doing there? You know what I mean? And we did some diving against them, but the, uh, you know, um, the real thing was just who else are you going to ask? So you can think of all your friends, non-divers, mind you, that you're going to ask to swim against a 400 pound animal. Right. right. You. you know what I mean? Like we're just that dumb. So. So those are combat dolphins. Is that what you're saying? It sounds combat crazy, ready brother. dolphins. Thanks for saying it. Cause I, I just can't get myself to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some of these dolphins. Now I, I had done a job in a uh, 2009 at point Loma sub base over there. Mm-hmm. And um, is, is that where they're at? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's exactly it. You bet. So we were down in point Loma and uh, we'd see these dolphins all over the place and they were pretty friendly. Like they'd come up to us while we're working. We, we were installing cable. It was a job with a sea engineering and uh, it was a good crew, had two boats and everything. Uh, so on the way out, like we had to pass by the darn dolphin tanks, yes. you know, so they had these pools set up with the dolphins and everything. So, you know, we'd walk past them. Um, they were just foaming at the mouth. No, it, it was, it, it was kind of a silly story. Cause a buddy of mine, you know, also a diver on the team, he was walking by and he'd stop and he'd pet these dolphins. And it's like, I knew better. I'm like, I don't think we should be petting these, you know, these dolphins. I, I, I mean, you know, they're like top secret dolphins. So, you know, eventually he did get yelled at by a, by another one of the divers. Like, what the hell are you doing? You know, but, uh, that's, so that's they, pretty interesting. But they have lots of teams that are not anti-personnel. They have lots of, uh, mind detection team. They, uh, they, they're not all like, and they have their, they have like a whole breeding program. Right. So they're not all like evil, try to get diver dolphins, but, um, but ours were. <laughs> I got a question for you there, Jeff. Oh, you, I have uh, a line for you, sir. There you go. Um, when you went over to the college initially and you got, you became an instructor over there. Yes, sir. I'm, I was curious cause you mentioned earlier that the Navy, um, and commercial, oil rigs and stuff wasn't your cup of tea in the Navy. Um, what were the differences between what kind of culture shock did you uh, experience going over to right. the civilian commercial side? Well, I don't, I don't mean to, um, what I mean to say is I didn't know anything about the industry at all. Right. So I wanted to be, I wanted to get into the industry and I, I'm not joking when I say I was like, 
well, I'll find out from the industry where they're sending these students and that's where I'll go. Um, the truth is in the teaching side, it's all the same, right? I mean, I learned a few knots, honestly, that I didn't know before that the commercial guys were using. I learned, you know, I mean, I learned, I learned, I'll tell you what I really learned, Sean, since you asked, I learned that, um, I wasn't as safe as an, of a diver as I thought I was. I, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, but I, I think you can appreciate what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you guys were joking. I was just listening on my drive over here to the, to the Les Gorski um, um, podcast. I know we're not in the same order, but that's the, that's the last one I had. I'm caught up. Um, and when you guys were joking around about not using a bailout, I'm like, Oh, I was biting my tongue because um, the Navy, um, you know, they, they pass deeper than 60 feet is when you have to use a bailout. And before that, it's kind of an option and nobody goes for it. And, and now, I just, is that even today? Wow. Yes, sir. Is that even today? Yes, sir. Trust wow. me, Sean, I told you my story. Like I got back in the Navy right. and my attitude toward Navy diving was different. Right. I was wiser because look, um, how do I tell you? I'm not, I'm not a diver hater. Right. And, and I know you guys aren't either. You guys joke around a lot. And, and I was teasing, teasing you guys on the phone earlier about bad mouth and Navy divers. You're not really bad mouth and Navy divers. You're bad mouth and dumb divers, right. Across the board. Right. That's, that's what we all hate. So I learned a lot. I'm not a dumb diver. I, I, I learned that um, when I was wearing shorts, no hard hat, no safety glasses, no gloves and flip-flops, did I mention no shirt? Uh, that was a normal tender uniform for the Navy, right? And then I wow. learned that's dumb, right? Um, I wouldn't even let my students do that, right? You get what I'm saying? So, Sean, that was the biggest eye-opener for me. That's about it. The rest of it's, you know, it's it's diving, you know? Um, right. And that's what and I when you when, when you started over there, there was a lot of instructors there that were all ex-military. No, uh, there weren't. And that's the other thing I learned. I learned that Navy divers are hated by the Gulf divers, basically, right? And that's not exactly true. There was one one guy I won't mention in particular that really, really hated us. But I was smarter than him. So what are you going to do? <laughs> and that's not, then that's not, that's saying something right there. If I'm smarter than the guy, he's screwed. So you were there at the same time that uh, Duke Ogden was there, right? You better believe it. He started just behind me. I mean, if that sounds crazy. So, so that's a name that really carries a lot of respect in the business. Um, I've never met, you know, I had never met him personally. You know, he, right. he passed away already. And, uh, but uh, like I said, can, can you talk a little bit about him? Oh, yeah, I can talk a ton. We, we, we really became friends. Um, I, I, I say that with, uh, I wouldn't say that like so nonchalantly. Um, he was a terrific guy. When I first, I won't say that he respected me when I first got there. I mean, I was a new I was what, 25, 24. And I'm just bebopping around. I thought I was cool. Like I used to wear, um, you guys will love this. I used to wear red Chuck Taylors to work because I was honoring another guy that I, one of my old instructors that used to wear red Chuck Taylors and that pissed Duke off. Right. And his point was like, you should be wearing what you should be emulating to these students what we wear offshore. And that sucked, that sunk home to me, you know, and he, he never called me by my name when I, when he first met me, he always called me slick. And I was like, Oh, okay. He just likes me. Right. Right. No, no, he did not like me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and when he when he when he talked to me, he's like, "What are the what's with these bozo shoes?" You know what I mean? And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I told him why. And he's like, "Look, here's you should practice like you play, right? You should show these guys what a diver wears at work." And I was like, "That's that's genius, right?" I mean, he didn't have to convince me too much. And we we've shared lots of beer and lots of martinis. He, um, you know, we would. We would go to graduations and then we would go to drinking behind that a lot. Um, not that drinking's everything, but yeah, he taught me a ton. And I, I learned, um, I don't know. I feel like he kind of grew up while he was at college Missionary and also a little bit because I watched the, uh, the Duke that first got there and then the Duke that left. Well, he was a, diff- a little bit of a different cat. Like he used to, okay, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to tell on my, but my dead friend, he used to eat his eyeglasses. Like I've seen him eat two pairs of eyeglasses at two different times. Like he just did crazy shit. Cause he was, he was awesome. I mean, he, I mean, he was just, that's who he was. And then he, he kind of stopped doing that. Glasses are expensive, but, um, but you know, he kind of, he kind of grew into like himself a little bit, even though he was himself. I don't know. I, I, um, I learned a ton from the guy. I, uh, I, I was just, as you said, Armando, I was honored to be his friend. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to have him gone. Uh, we taught, even after I, um, started working at the prison, I start, uh, he would call me and we'd talk about stuff for a long time. So. Yeah. I, re- I remember Duke and he was, uh, when I went to school there in 94, 95 and he was, uh, pretty intimidating back then. Um, and, but I'll tell you what, uh, the divers that graduated from his well pier were the best in the school. You know, one time I was at the, if you know what the well pier is, it's just, a, it's just another pier. But one time I was waiting for him to do something. I needed his, I don't know, something. And he was giving a lecture and he was walking back and forth and he's got all his guys lined up. It was really awesome. And he was laying it to him. I mean, in a cool way, you know, and they remember uh, they're always, well, what am I saying? Remember you guys are all deep sea divers. You know, there's pigeons and frigging sea, um, seagulls everywhere. Right. So there's a, there's a pigeon walking along one of the rails, just back and forth and just cooing away, like just like crazy. And Duke's walking back and forth and he's telling these stories and he has a welding rod in his hand as he's almost like a wand. You know what I mean? And he turned around and he threw that welding rod at that pigeon. And I swear to you, man, he stabbed that pigeon through the <laughs> body. And the pigeon fell over and all the guys were like, what the heck? And then later I got to, you know, when I talked, when, when he was finished, I got to talk to him. I was like, how did you stab that pigeon? He goes, that was just luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> movie, guys. I mean, uh, that's hilarious. How long were you teaching at uh, the coup for? And then what made you go to the prison? You know what, Johnny? I, I, I think I went, I think I taught there for 13 years, maybe 14. Um, what made me go to the prison? So initially I left college engineering um, because they made a move. I didn't like it all. They fired a guy that I really admired. And so I quit. Um, I started doing um, NDT um, right off the bat. It was kind of crazy because, you know, here I was at College Missionary and then all a whole bunch of my graduates like Sean, you know, are like running companies by now. And they're like, 
come work for me. You know, and I'm like, yes, I will. So I ended up doing a um, NDT for uh, contracting out to Disney for quite a while. Um, and then all of a sudden, what happened was weird. When I, uh, when I first got back from the Middle East, I, I, we're kind of telling stories out of order, but um, they, start, they wanted to restart the dive school at Chino Prison. Um, and so I interviewed for that. They didn't like me. And they picked another guy. And then I was like, whatever. So I did, you know, back, back to present day in our sea stories. Um, I started, I started doing NDT and they called me and they're like, Hey, we, we, we need to talk to you about the curriculum and blah, blah, blah. So it was probably 2006 that I started with the prison. I reckon I left, uh, had to be 2006. So I couldn't have worked for, <laughs> I couldn't have worked for Disney too long. Because if you remember, I, I don't know if you knew it, Johnny, but so when National University bought College of Engineering, this is getting, getting to be a College of Engineering story. Um, they uh, they right away wanted to start new campuses. So they started yeah. the San Diego campus, which we were all against because we're like, look, that's a we got guys driving from San Diego to go to school. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? And then right. And then I went to the Middle East for a year. When I came home, they were trying to start Hawaii. Um, so did you know they had a Hawaii campus? Oh, yeah. I was unaware of that. I didn't know. Yeah, I, I remember because uh, they sent um, they sent uh, Doc Anglin out there to Hawaii, I believe, to open up that campus. And um, I guess, and the reason why they opened up the San Diego campus and they pushed that so hard because that's where National University's headquarters is right. down in San Diego. And I and and I had the unique experience of teaching both in San Diego and at the L.A. Wilmington campus. And it was night and day when you're talking about actually getting in the ocean and getting in the water and and so forth. There was nothing compared to the Wilmington campus. That was that was. But the instructors, I know that Doc and Harry Short were over there in San Diego, great guys to work with. And they helped me out a lot over there. So, I mean, it was a good time, but the, the, the college never redeemed itself after it was uh, taken over in that, in that regard. And, and so I think it was a, a good move that you went to, uh, to Chino at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it was what it was. I, I did a lot of the, of the opening in Hawaii. It was funny because I came home, right. I'd been away for a year. So I, I kept seeing them like setting this whole thing up and I could feel it. Right. You guys know. And sure enough, they were sending me for months at a time. And I was like, dude, this is not. And and that was a, that was a wash because they didn't understand Hawaii and they didn't, they tried to start it. Like we're going to hire, we're going to um, get students from all the uh, army and the Navy and the air force and the Marine Corps that are getting out. Well, those guys don't hang out in Hawaii. No. It's too expensive. You know what I mean? So we pretty much worked through our whole student base in Hawaii and that was it for the campus. You know what I mean? So that was a, that was a rough time. But at one point, I, I mean, the college of oceanarian was the preeminent place to go to be a commercial diver. Oh, yeah. It was the creme de la creme. Well, I mean, for what you were paying, it was, I, I, I think, you know, when I don't know how Sean feels, but when I was teaching there, Everybody had their heart in the right place. We had a few guys I had to fire. Like there was some, I mean, there was one guy straight up. I, 
I shouldn't tell stories at a time, but <laughs> trust me, there was some bad stuff, but there was some really, really good stuff. You know what I mean? And even we, and I like the way you said it, like we had to work around what the resources we were offered. That's the best way to say it. And the students loved it, man, because they got it. They were just like yourself, Johnny, like yourself, Sean, same with you, Armando. Like whenever you go to school, school should be a very special time. You know what I mean? Um, They shouldn't be just school. Right. I mean, for me, it was very special. I'm still really good friends with the guys I went to school with. Um, and, and I felt that, right. I felt, and I, and I wanted to exude that. I hope, I hope Sean, you feel like I did a good job in that way, but absolutely. But, but that wasn't, uh, that wasn't necessarily fostered by the parent companies. Right. And I, I was with three parent companies with college missionary. So that tells you something. <laughs> so now your experience is, uh, uh, with the College of Oceaneering, I'm sure that helped you do things a little bit differently when you did get the get the nod to go run Chino State, uh, you know, prison, well, the yeah, dive school there, right? Yeah, sure, because I, I I rewrote a lot of the curriculum while at the college, right? I mean, I mean, I I was in charge of the, of the diving division at the time that they opened San Diego and Hawaii, so I could brag that. Like I was the only guy that opened two other campuses or whatever. So yeah, it taught me a lot. And and um, I was just wondering, what do you what do you see the biggest differences, Jeff, between Chino and College of Oceaneering when we're talking about you know dive schools? Um, well, number one would be the the physical training. Um, so we've applied <laughs> a lot more of that. I was really um, discouraged. Dan Dan pulled that off. Dan Barraza pulled that off with the NDT department. And I'm not sure how he got away with that for so long because every time a guy twisted his ankle or whatever, the president would be on our butts. You know what I mean? Because right. they're customers. You know what I mean? Um, so that that was a little rough to work through. But but look, the guys that own the the dive school at, at the prison leave me alone. They know that we're doing what we the right thing. And they leave us alone and they, they accept, except to support us in resources. I mean, they last two years ago, they bought me a truck. Um, they, they, the, they just really um, appreciate the school for what it is. And we can run it the way we know how to run a dive school. And um, I can't, I'm just so blessed. I'm really blessed is one word spoiled is another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I need you guys to come visit. Come to prison. I am more than down to come. But John, come yeah, in a good way. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. The liquor store. What? That's not even right. I mean, of course <laughs> I'm coming the right way. <laughs> what is the um, what is the interview process for your students um, at Chino? Um, how do you choose them? I would imagine you'd have to choose wisely. Yeah, That's a great question. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't that good of a question. But <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was brilliant, dude. It was. I mean, wow, how insightful you're looking at. Um, the truth is, Sean, the the, the um, we're on a certain yard. Like Chino Prison is four different prisons um, of different levels, um, and we're on a we're on a lower custody level. So even to to be housed at that at that what we call a yard. Even to be housed at that yard, it weeds out a whole bunch of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the first that's the first filter, right? Um, 
I like the way you say, um, what is, what is the interview process? Like there, <laughs> there is no interview process, brother. They show up and they quit or they don't quit. That's how it works. Um, so they're I, not like clamoring to be part of the program. Like you don't get like a, you know, a hundred, you know, prisoners trying to, trying to get in. Huh? From your ears to God's lips, Armando, if only that was the truth. And, and that's what everybody doesn't understand, right? Like how much guys pay for dive school. The truth is some of these guys have been told they're pretty tough and um, water um, figures mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. You know exactly what I'm saying. And, and maybe I thought I was tough until I, you know, some, some water to me up too, you know? So, um, so the truth is Sean, 85% of the guys that come through the gate, however they get through the, my gate, it um, quit 85%. Wow. wow. So that's the interview process. The curriculum is the interview process. Right. Some, we have a pool. So some of them don't like the water. Some of them don't like to swim. Some of them don't like uh, maybe a heightened level of, discussion. I think we call it yelling offshore. Um, you know, there's lots of reason guys quit. And then, and then after that, then we figure out, okay, how smart are these guys? Like I I've never had to kick a guy out for academics, but I've cranked up, you know, a little bit of the academics. We actually have a pressure pot. Um, so we can go, we can go pretty deep. I'm taking guys to 165. Uh, but the rest of our dives are like 12 feet, right? Right. Just like, I hate to say it because I was against it. Just as you said, Sean, you, you're, you're again hitting me in the heart. When National University brought college engineering to San Diego, I was like, no, there is no ocean, you know, and, and right. you can't teach in a tank. And I'm like, uh, well, that's what I'm doing now. So, Hey, bottom dwellers. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Why don't you give our friends at Baytech a call? toll-free at 1-800-878-6111. Baytech is the go-to for all your commercial diving needs. They can handle equipment and sales for any commercial diving company, no matter how big or small. Last-minute deadlines? No problem. They can make it happen with their 24-hour, 7-day-a-week service. And what about the little guy, the everyday working diver? Well, they got everything you could possibly want. They've got a wide variety of Spyderco knives, Kirby Morgan products, wetsuits, gloves, the whole shebang. They also do helmet inspections. They have a knowledgeable, friendly staff. Baytech is the one-stop shop. They also just launched an online store at www.underwaterhydraulics.com. That's www.underwaterhydraulics.com. It's an easy-to-use website to find everything that you need, and you can have it shipped straight to your doorstep. Easy, bingo, bango. And they're also hooking Bottom Dwellers listeners up with a sticker pack, free sticker pack with all your orders. You just got to type in the code DWELLERS at checkout. So when you're shopping for those uh, those rad t-shirts that they got, type in DWELLERS and they'll hook you up with a free sticker pack. So check out our boys at Baytech in Harvey, Louisiana. Baytech, your one-stop commercial diving shop. So if, if I'm a 18 to 20-year-old stud, and a lot of people say that I have the body of an 18 or 20 year old, but <laughs> I mean, most guys, point, most guys at one glance would just call you a stud. Let's exactly. Be- <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm an 18 or 20 year old, what, uh, and I want to get into diving, I want to be a commercial diver. I think I'm, I'm hardcore. 
But then I go to a commercial dive school and they want, you know, however many thousands of dollars for dive school. Um, is Navy necessarily the best option for them? Because not all people that want to uh, join the Navy and get into dive school actually make it. Isn't it a little bit tougher to make a, to become a Navy diver than a commercial diver? Well, I would say if that stud was rich, probably, I mean, you follow what I mean? Like, look, we all know that there's schools that are like nothing just to get you an ADCI card, right? Right. And we know there's a ton of guys that would be great for that school, like a guy that got just got out of the Marine Corps or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, where did you learn most of your training? I, I hope, Sean, you would say from Jeff Powers, but you can't. You're yeah. going to say from the industry, right? The right. industry taught you, right? Let's right. be real. So um, to answer that question, it, it, I would have to answer that question on an individual basis. Like, I would not say no. I would not say that the Navy diving is like the easiest way. It's probably one of the hardest ways, right? No, that's what I was saying. That Navy diving is a lot harder than it would be to be coming. And then if, and then if you're trying to compare yourself to be a golf diver, you just kind of did it backwards, right? Because like I'm right. joking around about the Navy doesn't own any oil rigs, right? So you're right. going to learn a whole bunch of cool Navy diver stuff. Like, look, dolphins, what? Say what? You get what I'm saying? <laughs> My last command was submarine rescue. It was awesome. I did a lot of crazy stuff I'll never do again, right? I went to 2,000 feet multiple times. There you go. That's multiple cool. countries' submarines. What again? That's what I want to talk about there is that 2,000 feet. Um, it's deep. No, but, but it's a, <laughs> I was in a vehicle, right? And I learned how to use this vehicle, right? And, and we... Um, we trained and trained and trained and we trained with other countries. Right. Um, but, but did that prepare Would that, if I went offshore with friggin' specialty right now or whoever, right. Like, would that train me for that? No, I'd have to learn all over again, different things. Like, so that's a great question, Sean. And I, and, and this is exactly the podcast for it. And I really appreciate you guys for your approach to the industry, your approach to diving. Um, I got, uh, I mean, I've really, really been enjoying your podcast. I'll, I don't mean to kiss everybody's ass, but I, I don't know how to answer that. Like who, who, how would you send a guy to dive school right now? My first question would be like, how regimented is he? Can he live offshore? Right. You guys have seen that. Right. And then I'll tell you one thing, one thing, another way that I'm blessed and that I'm um, spoiled, my students are surely prepared to go offshore because they're doing it right now, right? They're living away from their family with a bunch of other dudes and being fed whatever somebody else makes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, that's not easy for everybody. It's a terrific question you asked, Sean, and I, I wish I couldn't lame out on the answer, but I think it's- Oh, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I think it depends on the individual, you know what I mean? And I think- Yeah, it, it also depends on where you go after school. If you go out to the Gulf, if you go inland, there's a lot of different variables. Um, where at Chino, I'm curious who, um, what's the job placement rate with, with, with your guys? Do they, do they succeed out there? Do they get placed? So here's the secret. Okay. You ready? You ready for the, to, for the uh, delete button or whatever you guys are doing, the edit button. It's really, it's a dive school, but it's a dude school. You know what I mean? So most of our guys are going to parole to California and you know, like, how yeah, rough yeah. it is to get a job in California, right? Ruben got one. 
So we all know that the line, the guaranteed work, the lion's share of the work, and, and I don't want to beat this up, um, is in the Gulf of Mexico. So most of our guys get out, they get different jobs while they're on parole and they, um, and they keep those jobs or they, or they get another job in that field. Like I, I, I have a guy who's leading like major demolition. Like he destroys casinos and, and, um, hotels and friggin' hospitals and stuff. And he's, he, he, I don't know when he graduated, but whenever I talk to him, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not diving. I'm like, sorry. The key is you don't come back. You know what I mean? Like that's our goal. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no sorry to that. So the truth is not, not to evade your question, not too many of our guys get dive jobs, but they all get jobs if they want to work and they all are the best student. I'm sorry, the best employees, wherever they go. You see, they, they let us beat them up a little bit, huh? They let us not beat them up literally, not as far as you're concerned, but, um, we have a lot of PT. We have a lot of physical training and we really get into their souls a little bit and let them be, um, grownups. You know what I mean? That's pretty badass. Let's have a, let's have a cheers to a Chino dive school. Uh, not the best way to, to get your dive education, but Hey, we'll take it if you can get it. Right. What do you got there? Armando? I got the same, same beer you're drinking there, Johnny, the cropping from uh, Evans brewing company. Oh, uh, cropping. Yeah. The cropping. Yep. It's got a little diver dude on the front of it. And, uh, yeah, if you want one, Jeff, I can, uh, I can send one your way at some point. Real cool artwork, real good beer too. Uh, it is really good. Four pack, uh, four pints for uh, ten dollars. So that's a little bit more reasonable than my usual four yeah, pints no for twenty dollars. Yeah, no he really likes that fancy stuff. I can't. I mean, that's good. Cool. This is good. We gotta, we gotta have beer snobs too. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, honey, I'm a little more on your side. I'm a little more of a Budweiser guy, but I'll I'll drink. I'll I'll, I'll share a beer with you sometime. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hey, so the truth is we're, we're not even in competition with any of the, any of the other schools because we cut guys loose so infrequently and we, we get so few students. It's not like college engineering where we were, you know, making two, two classes a year. I'm sorry, two classes a month. Right. For a year. Yeah. And, and minimum of like 12 guys a class. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, and, and when I was going there, it was a minimum of 20 to 25 yes, sir. per class because uh, we had we had hundreds of students there at, at that point and, what, 15 to 20 instructors at any given time, I would imagine. Yeah, that's right. So how long is the curriculum over there? So we're 18 months, four so days. The people, so, so the students that you select, they, uh, they have to, what, have sentences longer than 18 months to, to <laughs> take it? That is the trick. Like you got right to it. That this is there's don't get these headphones wrong. He's so smart, man. So uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's exactly right, Armando. We we have to have guys with more than eighteen months. With which also is another back to Sean's question is part of the interview process, right? It's part of the it's part of the filter. Like, is there any caveats? Like, can do do they have to be like nonviolent, you know, or 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 is yeah. there some specifications? Uh, nah, they have to. Have, so it's a, the whole prison system is based on a points system. So, for instance, um, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't tell you how many points like um, like uh, Manson had, right? But he was a level four. Let's just say that, right? 
So there's, there's four levels. He was the highest level. I'm on a level one yard. I have had guys over road, like their points over road to go to my prison in particular. They especially do that for like youngins that are, um, you know, they're afraid to get caught up in the system. Um, so they'll, they'll have a heart for those guys and go like, look, he messed up, but we're going to, we're going to override his points to go to dive school. You can't look at anybody on the street and go, that guy would be a good diver. That guy would not be a good diver. You can kind of guess by then, by now, but I can't, I mean, I can't guys walk through my gate all the time. And I'm like, that guy will never make it. And they do. So I, I get what you're saying. Uh, it, um, we're a level we're what they call a secure level one. Um, so we can have, I mean, like I said, they just have to be able to be housed on our yard, um, which is. And there's just you and one other instructor, correct? Yes, sir. Pete Ballery. Yep. Uh-huh. We were in the Navy together, me and Pete. And the the gear you guys use, is that bought for, is that new every time someone else comes through? Do you guys recycle that? Yeah, we, we have, a, we have, you know, a bunch of modern it's not like we're we still dive dive a mark five which i expect you guys will want mm-hmm. to dive when you get there absolutely um, we'll set it up um and and johnny you were teasing me about my yokohama you're like let's duct tape that son of a gun like it's <laughs> it's broken right now that was <laughs> i love that i was like oh i love these guys already um but we we have a 77 we got some 37s we got a couple 17s um we we only bought those when when Armando started t- chiming in about the 17, I didn't have any of them. I went and found them. No. <laughs> that's, that's his baby right there. Yeah. And I have no idea why you would even consider buying the 17. What? I don't know, man. I've gotten some hate. <laughs> I was already. totally against that whole that? conversation you guys are having. I'll put a friggin' trash can on my head if it's got air. <laughs> and, then, and then look at Gorski, right? That guy's diving up friggin'. That was an awesome. You guys, did, you guys did such a good job on that podcast. I, I hate to keep bringing that back. So you have a chamber over there at Chino you, and you go down to, you do 165 runs. Um, do you uh, do any uh, toxicity testing at, uh, in your chamber with the guys? <laughs> and, and I'm, seg- I'm segueing into a story. So please let us know that, Jeff. That was subtle. You want, you're, you're, you're fishing for a sea story. These- yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, when at least part of the training that you said, I taught you open tanks and hyperbaric chambers, chamber operations. Yeah. So in chamber operations, they, they were still holding to the Navy's rule of the pressure and oxygen test. I don't know if you guys did that in uh, when you were at school. Um, so, um, they put you down, they put you on oxygen. That was the Navy's little story that the Navy's not really even big on it now anymore, but, um, but, you know, we, we put Sean down with, with you know, what, three other guys? Yeah, and, three or four. And they've, we, mind you, we've already studied dive medicine by now, right? So um, a little bit into the O2 run, um, the guy, you know, Sean's, Sean's eye starts twitching, just classic. I, it was the very first time I'd ever seen O2 talks in my career. And maybe the last time. I don't, I, I'm trying to think of another time. Well, Sean's heads up enough. I saw, I saw it and Sean's head heads up enough that before I could get to the comms, he's already pulling himself off of two. And, and he was like worried as heck because like, how did he know that was going to happen? Right. And, and we, we talked, we pulled him out, pulled everybody out and uh, we talked a little bit and he said, there might've been some stuff 
in his family uh, health history that that might have kicked that off. We don't know. I mean, that's why the Navy gave up on it because O2 talks is so weird. Nobody knows. Yeah, and, it's, and it's and it's rare that when it happens, and there's no telling who it can happen to. Right. It can happen to an 18, 20 year old who's in peak physical condition. Right. It could happen to them, and then it couldn't happen to a 60 year old. Right. So, yeah. But it was the College Oceanarians rule at the time. And what, yeah. what I thought was interesting was of all the times. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hard. Look, a guy got kicked out of college missionary because he didn't pay his bills. That's what happened. That, that was my observation, right? There were very few guys that got kicked out for other reasons. And they were like, well, this guy can't be a diver. Right. And I'm like, how do we know he can't be a diver? This is crazy. Like who, who knows about this? No one raise your hand. Right. I bet you next week we can put him in and he won't have any problem. And they're like, well, if he does, then he's out. And I'm like, yeah, okay, then he's out. You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, I'm going in with him. I don't know why. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm the magic <laughs> fairy diver. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're going on out too. We're going to be okay. Uh, hold my hand. Yeah, you, hold yeah, my you hand. talked me through. We held hands. You talked me through yeah. it and I passed. And you know what, Johnny? I was holding his hand and I was doing that thumb thing, you know, the real like you do with your girlfriend. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, he got through it. He got through it like a champ. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm having another drink. Like, at least where I'm teaching now, especially. And, and I love that College Regenerian was taking a full, I think it was a full five-week course, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it absolutely was. And, and it, ironically, my first couple of weeks when I actually got offshore, um, I was on a sat boat, and I was actually the sat Betty of the boat and one of the we were doing a surface job and one of the divers uh omitted his decompression mm -hmm. and they ran him up to the um well he had some problems down below and he omitted his decompression so they had to uh, put him in the pot up on the second level and they came and grabbed me and had me run the chamber and i've, I've been offshore for two weeks but I had five weeks of training at the College of Oceaneering, running the chamber nonstop with you and even as, as a diabetic student with uh, Spellage. So I had a lot of experience running the chamber, and there's not a lot of guys that, that did. So it was, uh, it was good training. We had a lot of chamber runs uh, when we were going to school, and you're saying that the Navy doesn't or, or some other schools may not as well. Well, that's the other tricky part, too, about being specifically an inland diver is because uh, we do a lot of Surdio 2s, you know, when you're doing a, like, you know, inland lake jobs and stuff like that, you know, um, but we don't do it often enough to stay fresh on it. So what's your opinion on on, uh, on trying to stay fresh on chamber runs? Do, does the divers insist that they do some practice runs before going on to those jobs or, you know, do you just kind of just pick whoever's got the most experience and just have him run it on the jobs. Well, I mean, it, doesn't that boil down to leadership, bro? And, and, and being, um, responsible divers, like, um, there's plenty of shop time, right? So how come we're not getting in there and like, how come someone's like, okay, guys, we finished our donuts now. I'm not trying to ruin the fun, but let's all go, you know, go down 30 feet per minute to 60 feet and do a vent and, you know, it's that kind of stuff that just hones your skills. I, I, I boil it down to, 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 uh, to leadership. There needs to be somebody there going, 
okay, we can have our fun. We can play poker, but, and, and we can josh around, but let's get a chamber run in here, you know? Right. And, and, and that's something you don't really see very often. I mean, for all the companies that I've, you know, worked for, we don't do practice chamber runs on the company clock because it costs sure. money. You wait till the, you can build a company, you know, you wait till you can build a client to do all that right. stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, um, you know, guys, I hate to be that, that guy, but um, I've been teaching for longer than I was diving. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I was diving a lot in the Navy and whatnot, but the truth is most of my career is teaching. So I tend to hearken back to that kind of stuff. Like when there's downtime, let's, let's rally around some stuff. Let's regroup on, you know, whatever the heck, you know, um, you don't, you don't want the time when you, the time when you're tested is when, you know, somebody's being gorked out or whatever. Exactly. But as far as your approach to teaching, um, is your approach to let's, let's go back to Chino prison. I mean, this is a perfect segue into it because, uh, these skills have to be taught in order to become muscle memory. So do you yeah, have right. to adjust, do you, do you have to adjust your teaching style to, uh, to those that are going through Chino prison, or is it kind of the same as when you were back at the college of oceaneering? So that's a great question, man. Way better than any of the questions that Sean asked. Um, Thank you. <laughs> that's why it's not my podcast. Um, look, <laughs> if you look, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to use like reverse psychology or any kind of psychology. The truth is we're after fun, right? So and, and, and here's another truth. I don't know if you guys knew it, but deep sea divers are very macho dudes. So here's what I do. I go, get on that chamber and show me that you're a chamber ninja. I use the term chamber ninja. And then they're like, oh, I'm totally going to be a chamber ninja. And they're, they're like, every chance they get, they're getting on the chamber by themselves. Then they're like, come here. They call me chief. I retired as a senior chief, but they call me chief. I, it's a long story, I guess. But um <laughs> But they're like, chief, come here. Let me show you this. And like, what would you do for this? And look, that's that's the time by themselves, right? That's not the time I'm standing over their shoulder, um, you know, giving them a hard time or giving them a not a hard time, right? You, look, there's there's not any room. If no one's, everyone thinks like you're you're teaching at, at a prison, so you must yell a lot. And I'm like, I don't even have to yell a lot, right? Like, you guys know from being leaders, like. If you have to yell, probably something's really going sideways or you lost control. And I've lost control a ton. Personally, I've personally lost control a ton and I hate every minute of it. But I have to keep that in mind. Like, I don't have to yell. You know what I mean? Um, so I get what you're saying. But the truth is, my guys are the same as you guys. They did some stuff worse than you guys, probably. I mean, obviously, they're felons. But... Um, but they're the same. They're the same um, mentality as you guys are, right? Ex except I'll say this: they do all their homework. I don't ever have to like. That was what I hated about college engineering was not. I could give you a whole list of what I hated at college engineering, but one of the things that I hated was I didn't always have. I mean, not to kiss Sean's ass, but I didn't always have awesome students, right? That you know very well, all three of you cats, that there were cats in your class. Their mom was paying for diet school and they had no room for being at diet school. Like they went right back to selling shoes or whatever the fuck they're, I mean. <laughs> but as far as like a lot of your students, I, I mean, it must really, you know, kind of touch you in a little sweet spot, you know, when they do succeed, you know, because like I said, the handful of yeah. students that I, that, that I know that went through that program, 
they're still, you know, great dudes, real humble working. It's almost as if like, you know, they're, they got something to prove, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, how do I say it, man? Yeah. I guess there's a place in my heart for the guys and their victories. Um, I, you know, we have a, what, you know, recidivism is when guys come back to prison. Right. I'm not sure what California is claiming right now. I should have looked it up before I came into this podcast. Um, but I think the, I think they're claiming like a 40% recidivism. So 40% of guys come back to prison and that, that number has only recently been changed to 40. It was like 70 something before that. Anyway, um, we have a 5%. Awesome. So, so some of our guys have screwed up is what I'm saying, Armando. And, and you know what? I, this this sounds, I'm not trying to get philosophical with three stud divers, but the truth is, bro, if I, if I relish too much in their victories, mm-hmm. then I have to relish in their failures and I won't yeah. have that. I got you. So, brother, I'm just a conduit, dude. You know what? The real, the real hero is diving. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know it because you guys are in it. Um, um, I'm just a conduit. Really good looking conduit, but just a conduit. <laughs> yeah, when you guys can get out, when you guys can get, well, first off, when we're able to accept visitors again, yeah. you got to come out here because I was sharing with you guys on the phone, you know, one of the things I hate about our dive school, and the list is short, um, is when I went to dive school, there were a ton of divers, ton of instructors, you know, giving me opinions or, you know, and the truth is these guys only hear from two cats and I hate that because I want them to hear from you, you know, guys like you, um, you know, they're not, they're not able to get on the internet. Um, they need, they need a more well-rounded thing. And the truth is here's the, at the end of the day that you guys are going to be saying the exact same thing I'm saying. So they kind of love that because they, they feel like they're in a community which they are, they're, they're in diving. And when they, when they're hearing you guys say words, you know, like decompression and stuff, they're like, Oh, wow. I know what that is. You know what I mean? Like just exactly like you did when you first got offshore. You know what I mean? No, for sure. Dude. So whenever we can have visitors, we'll work it out. So you guys can get out there and we'll, uh, not only will we have you say whatever you want to say to the guys, but we'll, we'll get you in a Mark five and, you know, let you check the place out. That'd be fun. We, look, yeah, the difference between the getting back to Sean's um, question, the dip, the one of the big differences I have is um, I don't have a marketing department, right? How do you market in prison? And I'm telling you, it's a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you do it? Right. So I need word of mouth. I, I hear all the time, like I heard the program was closed and I'm like, you've worked at this prison for 12 years. How could you say that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Um, so do you have to like put out a certain amount of students to maintain like your funding and stuff? No. How does that all work? Great question. So the, so the, the, the school is owned by a group called Cal PIA, California prison industry authority. Um, probably not heard of them. So it's not owned by California department of corrections. Uh, and re- it's actually CDCR California department of corrections and, um, reset, uh, Rehabilitation. Wow. Rough. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> put down the coffee mug. Gotta yeah, rehabilitate no. that mouth. Yeah, re- yeah right. <laughs> Gee, what's going on here? Anyway, um, yeah, they gave it up, right? The, the history of the school is 
Um, they, they started in 19, a little bit before 1970. They gave up the school in 2003. Cal PIA picked it up in 2006. Now, Cal PIA is an agency that does, of course, um, license plates, uh, flags, uniforms. They do all kinds of stuff for the prison and also for the state. So um, uh, you guys are working for the city, but yeah, I don't know. Look underneath the desk sometime. It might be made by Cal PA. You follow what I mean? So they have their own budget. They primarily produce things, but I'm on their training side of their budget. They protect me against California's budget. Um, so yeah, the that's a great question you ask. Like how many students can I have? They go, just keep running dive school. And I'm like, like I'm a capitalist. So I'm like, uh, well, how many students do I have to have? And they're like, we'll give you a number someday. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're real cool. It's like, we will support you. So Jeff, here's a crazy question too. Um, have Sean ask it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Would there, would there be any chance to get like some of your students, like on an actual job, you know, before, you know, they're out or something to give them a taste of the business of, of the industry? You know, like work in agreement with the carpenters union, the pile drivers union, and try to get them out, you know, somewhere doing, doing some training outside. You mean while they're, too- while they're incarcerated? Yes. Uh, that would be really difficult. We've done jobs like we, we did, we did jobs for the prison. Like they have a big water reservoir. We did a couple things for them, but no. That's not what I was talking about there. Yeah, that's really rough. They, they used to actually, back in the day, they used to, charter a boat and go on a, on a scuba dive. Um, but that's, I don't see that ever coming back. They yeah. Cause scoot. I mean, part of it too, is that, you know, especially in the industry, uh, talking to some guys, you know, they, they look down upon the divers that went through that program, Sure, you know, cause, Oh yeah, it's my tax dollars that they, you know, paid sure. them through school and this and that. And, you know, I'm just, I don't know, man, once you go through the, the, any dive program, once you're on the dive, you know, team, they're a part of your team and you better learn to, to work with them, you right. know? And, uh, if they don't work out and they suck, then they suck. You know, it doesn't matter where you went to school. If That's you're a terrible you, hand, you're a terrible hand. You're nailing it, Armando, right? Our, our industry is a performance-based industry. Simple as that. It don't matter where you went to school, how much you paid, what you look like. Right. Um, so that, and that's the beauty of it, right? The, and everyone can have little, <laughs> little animosity toward the other cat because you paid less than I did and you went shorter time than I did. Look, I'm a Navy diver. Guess what happened to me? I was being paid while I went to dive school, fool. So do you have any, uh, any cool stories when you were a Navy diver? I know it was uh, yeah. so, so, so long ago. What does that mean? So, so, so long ago. Well, if you were Sean's instructor. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but see, but see, he was my instructor, and I was older than he was. True, you're still older than me. Oh, Did you yeah, get younger? Well, not anymore. You but, son of a oh, gun. Is that how that works? You son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. I I get uh, it's tough. I you asked that. I knew you were going to ask me because you ask everybody, and, and some people got some awesome stories. I, I I'm trying to think of one that's not like going to make me cry. Um, that's fine too. I'll take those ones. You like that one? Like, yeah, I'll take these. <laughs> and, um, and then I had to say, the hatch is secure, sir. <laughs> and I left those guys in there. <laughs> and 
You know what the you know what the difference with the with the Navy guy is? He's been through boot camp. He's been through some other stuff. So um, if he's smart, and I know there's not a lot of them, and that goes for divers across the world. If he's smart, he'll do exactly what Johnny said and be learning from whoever is the smartest guy on deck. Like when we started training with the dolphins, the guy who knew the most about dolphins came from a farm because he knew about animals. You know what I mean? In general. And he wasn't all lovey dovey with them. You can't do that. Mm-mm. And he, he was lower rank than me, but he knew so much more than me. So if I was an idiot, I'd be like, well, you don't tell me what to do. You know what I mean? Like where would that have got me? Um, I don't know, man. Oh, okay. I'll tell you a, a sea story. It was my third dive in the Navy. So I'm right out of boot camp. I'm on a ship, a submarine tender. So we're working on submarines. We were working on, do I want to tell you? You've got to start out the stories. So there I was. Right. So there I was. We start them off like this. This is a no shitter. Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) So um, we were working on the last um, diesel boat in the Navy, or at least on the the West Coast called the Blueback. Um, So diesel submarines fill their ballast tanks. If you guys understand how ballast tanks work, they fill their ballast tanks with the exhaust from their diesel engine. Modern day submarines fill the the ballast tank with clean um, filtered air, actually. Um, So the bottom line is, if you're up inside a ballast tank, you can't take your helmet off. Um, So my buddy, I was sitting standby diver. My buddy was inside the ballast tank and we were looking for a diesel leak. So what's that tell you? There's diesel throughout and it's and it's inside here. So there's exhaust and diesel. Um, It's all bad. Right. Well, somebody shut the volume tank off. The old story. Right. Uh, God, I know. And 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 um, I was diving. Do we, we were, need to invest in more tags? No like shit. more divers' air tags, or just more brains. Um, <laughs> so um, they stopped getting any comms from Ben, my buddy Ben, and so they're like, "Well, they're giving the line pulls. He's not responding." So um, they splash me. So I'm in a band. Uh, was I in a band mass? It must have been a band mass. Which you guys broke my heart on that other. Well, anyway, that's another one. But the so <laughs> I I. We were two submarines out. Do you follow what I mean? So the, where Ben was, was a whole other submarine in inboard from where the dive boat was. So when I got to the bottom of the dive boat, I couldn't breathe. And back then, and I know you don't, don't give me shit about the back then. And maybe this wasn't commercially, I don't know, but in the Navy, comms were a luxury. They weren't, they weren't always part of the deal. So I couldn't say, hey, I don't have any air. And I w- didn't have a bailout bottle on. So uh, easy, Armando. Easy. I know, but bro, you're right. I, I know, Johnny, you give him shit all the time, but he's he's a man after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, especially after this ev- evolution. Um, so what am I gonna do? Go up or am I gonna go get this guy? He's been out without air for a lot longer than me. So I swim under the submarine, I swim to him, I see him hanging his arms outside of the ballast tank, and I'm like, his helmet's off. I'm like, shit, Ben's dead. Oh. So um, here we go. You, Johnny? Yeah, no, I'm ready. Keep me together, brother. I'm ready, so brother. I grab Ben by his harness, and I start coming up. And thank Jesus, the because I, I did not use line pulls that I remember. My tenders figured out I was coming back. And they wow. pulled. I'm kicking back, and, they, and I'm pulling Ben back. 
I assume his tenders are pulling him back too. I don't even know, but we're, we're pulling back and I'm like, I mean, Ben's dead in my arms. You know what I mean? And it's, it's breaking my heart just swimming back and I'm still on a breath hold. So as I'm coming up, I start blacking out and I pull the band mask off. Thank God it was the band mask. And I sit on the dive step and Ben comes too. All I saw was I turned over, I looked over at the dive step at the ladder and Ben is pulling his harness off and grabbing his knife because Ben, he passed out. And the last thing he said was, I'm going to kill that son of a gun. If I, if I live through this and they had to pull him off, he was going to stab him. He was going to stab the suit. So wow. there's your sea story, Armando. You got me to do it without. And I'll tell you what, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps on that one. This is a great story. I made it all up. I made that whole thing up <laughs> on my drive. Yeah. None of that's true, Ben. What kind of name is that? Nobody's called Ben. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, that it's just crazy to have the wherewithal to continue to go for him. You but know, Johnny, you know? it wasn't the wherewithal, bro. That was God. What do you? I was nineteen, about? bro. I was like. It was the. It wasn't even the wherewithal. It was just like, do it. You know what I mean? You guys all would have done the same thing. Um, I want to say this to you guys. I mean, on the record, off the record, whatever it is. Um, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I've been enjoying your podcast. I expected it to be a little more rough as far as when I first, you know, like here's some new guys with the podcast. It's it's uh, very professional. Anyway, I'm I'm totally stoked to to know you guys, man. That's is awesome, man. Yeah, and we're gonna keep it going. Thanks to you, you know. Thanks to, to to people sharing their stories, and you know, we're just trying to make our industry better, one little uh, step at a time. So. And I think you are, bro. It's not just yeah. some stupid thing, you know what I mean? Like, I think you guys are because you're 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 not harping on all the scary stuff. You're sharing like the same stuff. Like, we all need to learn every time somebody gets hurt or dies, like. HPNS has permanent effects. Who knew? I didn't. That's rough stuff. And, and I just heard that that one today about those Australian guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have to learn from our brother's mistakes. Yeah. And sisters, Johnny and sisters. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Jeff Powers. Thanks a lot, dude, for coming on the show. I'm glad well, that you enjoy. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoy listening to us yammer on every, you know, every so often. And, uh, and uh, it's definitely an honor to, to, to have you on, you know, you've Thanks, done man. a lot for the business. Thanks, man. Wow. You're not going to cry. Not this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yeah. thanks a lot. Yeah. This thank is you. LB Diver. Fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the bottom dwellers dive shack. Make sure you like, and follow on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook Please share this podcast with your friends or anyone interested in commercial diving. The only way that uh, we can make this successful is if we do get a lot of people that are listening. We get more listeners, we get more sponsors, and that means more free stuff for you guys. That's right. We are hooking up all of our diver brothers and sisters in the trade. And uh, if you keep sharing and liking, we're able to do that a lot more. Our Instagram is at BottomDwellersDS. Our Facebook is BottomDwellersDiveShack. And you can always like and follow me at LB Diver on both. The Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack is available on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. We also have it streaming on our website at thebottomdwellers.com. So keep listening, keep it safe, keep it salty. This is LB Diver, out.